It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 218. Quantum podcast that looks at news and views and culture and sport and everything else from throughout the world. We do so from a Christian perspective, but we are open to all. And wow, we have got some amazing stuff for you this week. Our number one story comes from this country. Do you recognize the national anthem? That was Fratelli d'Italia by Andre Rieu. Italy, one of the greatest countries in the world, one of the most beautiful languages, great food, fabulous music, beautiful scenery, great wine, centre of Christianity for many things, so much history, so much about it. Well, that song, the Fratelli d'Italia, or Ino Domanelli, Mameli's hymn is uh, the national anthem. And the Fratelli, that's very interesting. It means brothers. And a party called the Brothers of Italy has just won the majority vote or the largest vote in the Italian general election, which means that their leader, a woman called Meloni, is going to Giorgia Meloni, is going to be the next premiere of Italy. Uh, the hymn, by the way, Brothers of Italy, Italy has awakened Scipio's helmet, helmet just put in her head. Uh, let's unite, let's love the union and the love revealed to the people God's ways. We swear to liberate the native soil united for God who can beat us. Now this is uh, Giorgia Milano, uh, who is this is her speaking. This is a speech that has gone absolutely viral. Uh, it's even been banned from YouTube. I mean, YouTube, you cannot get more pathetic than uh, American venture capitalists just censoring the speech of the whole world. But anyway, um, I love this. I love this for lots and lots of different reasons. Mostly, to be honest, I love it because of the accent and because of the language. Listen to this. È sotto attacco l'identità religiosa, è sotto attacco l'identità di genere, è sotto attacco l'identità familiare. Non devo potermi definire italiana, cristiana, donna, madre, no. Io devo essere cittadino X, genere X, genitore 1, genitore 2, devo essere un numero. Perché quando sarò solamente un numero, quando non avrò più un'identità, quando non avrò più radici, beh allora sarò lo schiavo perfetto in balia della grande speculazione finanziaria. Il consumatore perfetto. Isn't that great? 
Daliano, Cristiana, Donne, Madre. Um, she speaks with passion. And what she was basically saying was that she's an Italian Christian mother and she doesn't want to be a slave to the corporations at the mercy of the financial corporations. And this, is, of course, is enough to have her classed as far right or fascist. So I've entitled this episode The Return of Fascism. Now, fascism, what is it? You can associate it, and you should be associated, with uh, Mussolini, the 1930s and 1940s. It's described in the dictionary as a political philosophy movement or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual and that stands for a centralised autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. Uh, well, if that's true, then... Uh, I don't know. Maybe America's heading that way. Maybe Scotland's heading that way. Maybe Australia's heading that way. The term fascist just, is just thrown around far too much. And this woman is described as a fascist, well, for lots of different reasons. Uh, let me mention that she opposes same-sex marriage. She wants to put on significant curbs on access to abortion because she's concerned about the emergency of Italy's declining birth rate. She refers to Europe's supposed Judeo-Christian roots. Now, supposed. Who says supposed? They are Christian roots. But this is seen as Islamophobic and far-right. Now, if you want a sensible commentary on this, go to the website, and I've linked to Greg Sheridan's article, um, where he points out that the first female prime minister in Italy, and where are the feminists celebrating this, uh, belongs to a party called Brothers. The label far-right, as he points out, is increasingly meaningless. She was a member of the Italian social movement, which was set up by people who had been fascist in World War II. It then gave birth to the National Alliance and then this new party, the Brothers of Italy. Now, American and European media label Maloney's, the BBC and others, and Australian, as far-right. That's a double standard, as Sheridan points out. The German Social Democrats emerged out of far more extreme Marxists. Half the parties on the French list have communist roots, but they're never labelled far left. As for Sinn Féin in Northern Ireland, commiserating on the Queen's death when they murdered her uncle, her favourite uncle. Maloney wants more police, less crime, cost of living relief, control over illegal immigration, lower taxes, reassertion of traditional Italian identity, support for moderate conservative social values, and more independence from the diktats of the EU. Now she's fascinating. But I, I don't know. Sheridan points out conservatives don't prosper by surrendering to woke. Uh, the Australian liberals should take note of that. So, so should the UK conservatives. I was intrigued by the reaction of uh, an American journalist called Nick Gillespie. And I, I, this is for wider issues. So she said that invocation of individualism, unique genetic code, is incomparable with her invocation of collective identity, nation, family, gender, and attack on consumerism. This is the incoherence of conservatism when faced with libertarian modernity. Actually, it's not. It's not incompatible at all. We are individuals who belong to nations, families, and who have gender. And we are also individuals who consume, but don't want to be controlled by consumerist corporations. How is that inconsistent? The irony is that it's people like Nick Gillespie who push forward identity politics. 
which absolutely wipes out real individualism. Maloney said this, we do not become perfect consumer slaves when we are more free to choose our own identities apart from what we're born into. We become who we want to become, a self-directed evolution that scares right and left equally. Sorry, that wasn't Maloney. That was the, the journalist, Nick Gillespie. The idea that we can just become who we want to become, a self-directed evolution. No, that doesn't happen. The media, the corporations, the indoctrination that occurs in schools, social media, friends, all these things push us in different ways so that we do become perfect consumer slaves. I agree with Maloney. It's only family, God, if you like, and a sense of something out with ourselves, which will save us from that. Again, the journalist Nick Gillespie goes on to talk about his grand, his Italian grandparents fed their birthplace from, from America to author their own lives and identities on better terms than what centuries of repression offered them. The individual must be free to invent their own world, not live in yours. No, you don't get it, do you? We don't get to invent our own world. That's the problem. When we invent our own world, it's an imaginary world. We need to live in the real world. You know, there's a couple of warnings I want to put in here. First of all, if you go around calling everyone who believes in God, family and country fascists, you're going to create a lot of fascists. Secondly, those of us who are Christians, we need to be careful not to take Giorgio Meloni as the next great answer because of this one speech. We need to see what she actually does. That's hugely important. And there may be aspects of her policies or her behaviour which could be profound, profoundly disturbing. So let's just be careful. Um, I thought it was an excellent discussion from Glenn Shrivener and friends on their Speak Live podcast. I'll put a link to that as well. And I thought I'd leave you with this. This is just, look, I love this. This is a mashup that was taken of that speech and turned into, I think it was the number one hit in Italy. Just listen to this for a, a few seconds. Georgia, LGBT, hey, Jobo. Okay, let's move from Italy. No, fascism is not returning to Italy, by the way. Um, let's, well, we'll see where fascism is working out in different ways. Maybe you could argue in Iran. Now, at least 42 people have died after protests when a 22-year-old woman mentioned their Masa Ami died in police custody. Um, this is pretty serious, actually, in Iran. This woman was wearing her Islamic headscarf. She was wearing it too loosely. The police said she died of a heart attack and was not mistreated, but the family say she has no history of heart problems and being arrested by the morality piece, police anyway. So it's a pretty situa serious situation in Iran, which affects the surrounding area and also affects the war in Ukraine because Iran and Russia are uh, basically sided on that one. 
All right, here's an old song from the Steve Miller Band. This is a story about Billy Joe and Bobby Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do. They sit around the house, get high and watch them too. And here's what happened when they decided to cut loose. That was, of course, Take the Money and Run. Now, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm recording this at a time when we still don't know the full impact. But the United Kingdom... But, well, let me, let me make it personal. So I've just transferred some money from Australia into my UK bank account. And uh, shall we say I was delighted by how many pounds I got for it. Uh, it's considerably more than it would have been a couple of years ago. And that's because the pound is tanking, uh, at least at the time of recording. The financial markets are so volatile, you never know. But part of the reason for that, m- much of it is the Ukraine war. And boy, are we paying for that war? And are we going to pay a whole lot more? Those, it, it, as I said many times, it may be the right thing to support Ukraine, but to fight a war by proxy with the Ukrainians being our soldiers and the West funding the war and providing weapons. It's a huge cost, a massive cost. You know, maybe a cost worth paying, but let's not pretend it's nothing. And part of what it is, is this huge spike in inflation. And the new UK government has decided a very unusual um, measure, which was is to reduce income tax and to reduce, to get rid of the cap on bankers' bonuses and other things like that. Now, what that means is if you earn £30,000 in the United Kingdom, you will save £400. If you earn £200,000, you will save £4,000. And if you earn a million, you'll save over 50000 I can't see how that's right. I can't see how that helps. I don't claim to be a great financier or understand all of this. And it may turn out that Liz Truss ends up being right. But I would have to say, from a biblical perspective, the idea of getting in more debt to combat debt doesn't seem to me to be the most sensible notion. Whatever happened to fiscal prudence? And that bothers me, because again, we end up with the poor paying the most for these kinds of policies. By the way, it always intrigues me that the Scottish government goes on about Westminster austerity or whatever... um, And yet the Scottish government has the power to raise taxes to help the poor, but won't. Let's say, for example, they could put 3p on income tax that was ring-fenced for the National Health Service, which is rapidly becoming a dysfunctional disgrace. Maybe it isn't that simple. Maybe raising taxes doesn't raise more money. But then that kind of defeats the argument they're making in the first place. I don't like people who complain and won't put the, won't take action when they have the power to do so. All right, listen to this really sad story. I probably shouldn't be doing this when I'm still emotional, but I feel like I need to get the word out there. Um, so I was just in Primark um, in Cambridge and um, 
I feel really stupid being emotional about this but um yeah I was trying on some clothes and it was a unisex changing room which I'm really for and I love that because you know it makes everyone feel included but twice um two men walked opened the curtain walked in on me um luckily both times I had I was wearing fully clothed but I could easily not have been um and I yeah it was two different people um clearly from the same group and there was many like uh, probably like a hundred changing rooms available um so it's not like you know it was like always oh, someone in here or not it was you know clearly um yeah the first time it was like as they walked in they did it and then the second time was one of them said to the other one oh like have you tried it on like can I see and then yeah he opened it and both times like I was so shocked and I was like oh sorry like as if it was my fault um but yeah um I have to say though Primark have been amazing um they were really really good about it um yeah they, they have walked me back to my car and everything because I was scared um apparently it's not the first time it's happened and um security are watching back the tapes and seeing if they can find who it is but yeah I just want to say that is a woman in a young girl young woman in Primark changing rooms now it's an extraordinary story it's an extraordinary thing basically she was in a uh, a woman's changing room except they've now made them that men can go in as well and these two men came in and apparently undressed in front of her and she was absolutely traumatised by it but she's been so indoctrinated by her school and elsewhere that she's saying oh she, she approves of this she thinks it's a good thing inclusive and so on no it's not when you can't go into a woman's changing room without having somebody with you to protect you how is that inclusive? There's just a deep evil in our culture, and it's an evil perpetuated by people who profess themselves as progressives and tolerant and loving and kind. Just listen to that girl's tears. And then what about this? There was a statement made on Twitter about a pedophile, John Stephen Dixon, who now calls himself Sally Ann Dixon which said, this is a man committing sexual offences against children. It's a statement of fact, it's true. But Sussex police say that is a criminal statement of hatred. John Stephen Dixon was sentenced to 12 years in prison earlier this month after he was found guilty of 30 sexual offences against seven children in the 1980s and 1990s. For the past 18 years since committing the offences, Dixon has identified as a woman. And now he's going to be sent to a woman's prison. This is what Sussex Police said. Sussex Police do not tolerate any hateful comments towards their gender identity regardless of crimes committed. This is irrelevant to the crime that's being committed and investigated. No, it's not. This is a man who abused women and you're now saying this is a woman who abused children. And you're now saying this is a woman who abused children. No, it wasn't. It was a man. The police contacted the Twitter user, educated her on where she can and cannot legally express her supposedly hateful views. Telling the truth about this paedophile could be a criminal act. Crime statistics are distorted with this police irresponsibility and denial of the truth. Male offenders, including rapists, are often allowed to serve their sentence in women prisons and women have been raped as a result. The consequences of this ideology has consequences but dare to say it and you can land yourself in trouble with the police
Oh, this this was such a sad one. This was a a, a demonstration in Australia. Uh, you know, our young people, of course, have been driven into climate hysteria by their teachers and the media, and we're told that we should listen to them. Well, <laughs> this was one uh, 16-year-old, I believe, 17-year-old perhaps, who was being interviewed on radio. Listen to this. Am I allowed to go to Fiji? Is that necessary? In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. Izzy! <laughs> Izzy! Don't you care about the climate, Izzy? Of course I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to... <laughs> you went to Fiji! <laughs> Come on, Mays. Are you serious? Now, you could argue it's not good to mock the child, but apparently we're supposed to listen to the child and uh, change our whole policy according to these children because they know. No, they don't. In, in that one tweet was, was illustrated the absolute hypocrisy. You know, maybe you won't be able to say that soon. Here's Jacinda Ardern in our UN speech recently. As leaders, we're rightly concerned that even the most light-touch approaches to disinformation could be misinterpreted as being hostile to the values of free speech that we value so highly. But while I cannot tell you today what the answer is to this challenge, I can say with complete certainty that we cannot ignore it. To do so poses an equal threat to the norms we all value. After all, how do you successfully end a war if people are led to believe the reason for its existence is not only legal but noble? How do you tackle climate change if people do not believe it exists? How do you ensure the human rights of others are upheld when they are subjected to hateful and dangerous rhetoric and ideology? The weapons may be different, but the goals of those who perpetuate them is often the same, to cause chaos and reduce the ability of others to defend themselves to disband communities, to collapse the collective strength of countries who work together. But we have an opportunity here to ensure that these particular weapons of war do not become an established part of warfare. Now, this is the Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, who's already said there will be only one source of truth. Now she's saying free speech is a weapon of war. She's saying that you cannot question a war, you cannot question climate change, and that human rights are endangered when hateful, dangerous rhetoric and ideology is used. Uh, but who determines what hateful, dangerous rhetoric and ideology is used? I think that's what hers is. I think her, her rhetoric is hateful, dangerous and ideological. I think it disbands community. And, you know, we were talking about fascism earlier. It's fascists that talk about bringing us back to order with a collective will. That would have come well out of the mouths of Mussolini. But because it comes out of the mouth of Jacinda Ardern, the Italian woman who says that she believes in God and family and country is a fascist, and the New Zealand woman who says she believes in bringing people back to order with a collective will and stopping free speech being used as a weapon of war, she's lauded. And you see the consequence of this. Toby Young of the Free Speech Union and the Skeptics Society had their PayPal account suspended because their account didn't meet the community standards. In other words, they have to be shut up. That, apparently, they've just recently had it 
reinstated. Speaking of climate change, what about this? Somebody dial 911. What hit us? Small asteroid fragments. This morning. How big were those? Those were nothing. The size of basketballs and Volkswagens. This new one you're tracking, how big? It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Half the world will be incinerated by the heat blast. And the rest will freeze to death in nuclear winter. Basically the worst parts of the Bible. That was from the film Armageddon, 1988. Um, interesting, by the way, contrast 1988, where, spoiler alert, the world is saved, and 2021's uh, Don't Look Up, where, spoiler alert, the world isn't saved. What a difference in outlook. Well, this week, there has been an unprecedented test of the US Space Agency's capacity to defend Earth from a doomsday scenario. A multi-million dollar spacecraft, the 325 million, known as DART, double asteroid redirection test, smashed into the Dimorphos asteroid 6.8 million miles from Earth on Monday evening. And over the next few weeks, we'll find whether it managed to nudge, not destroy, well, I wasn't going to be able to destroy it, but to nudge that asteroid uh, in a different direction. It wasn't coming to Earth anyway, but interesting, isn't it? Now, some of you know I love playing chess, so that's what this next song is about, isn't it? Siam's gonna be the witness to the ultimate test of cerebral fitness. This grips me more than would a muddy old river or reclining Buddha. But thank God I'm only watching the game, controlling it. I don't see you guys raging the kind of mate I'm contemplating. I'd let you watch, I would invite you, but the queens we use would not excite you. So you better go back to your bars, your temples, your massage parlors. One night in Bangkok, One night in Bangkok from the musical Chess. Uh, and what's going on here is that the world champion, Magnus Carlsen, has pulled out of a $500,000 Sankfield Cup tournament in St. Louis, Missouri, and then on Monday resigned from a game just after one move. That sounds like me where his opponent both times was the 19-year-old American Hans Newman, Neiman. Now, Neiman is the lowest-rated grandmaster in the world. Uh, Carlson is 31, said, if I, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. Um, Carlson clearly believes his opponent has cheated, and there has been frenzied speculation about Neiman cheating, using vibrating anal beads to help him. That's pretty weird. But the kind of... Strange thing here is that Neiman was already suspended from chess.com, I think it was a 16-year-old, for cheating. So who knows? Strange going on in the world of chess. And then the drummer in The Crickets died. Who are the crickets? You'll know this. Well, that'll be the day when you say goodbye, Buddy Holly and the Crickets, that'll be the day. He was uh, aged 82. His name was Jerry Allison. He co-wrote That Will Be the Day and is credited to have influenced greatly people like Mick Fleetwood and Ringo Starr. Goodbye, yes, that'll be the day When you make me cry You say you're gonna leave 
And then this lady died. Ah, at last. A man born in a more lowly state than myself. Cromwell, I knew there was something about you that I didn't like. I swear to be a true and faithful counselor to the King's Majesty as one of His Highness's privy counsel. You'll not find any talent I possess that England cannot use. I trust in your well, discretion. That wasn't the lady. That was an adaptation of her book, Wolf Hall. Hilary Mantle has died aged 17. Age 17, age 70. Um, she won the Booker Prize and the 20, 2029 and the 2012 Booker Prize for Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies. She should have won it for The Mirror and the Light, but of course, Booker is becoming as woke as anybody else. Uh, remarkable woman. Great adaptation. Great series. Watch it. Read the books. And then this man died. Oh, Lord. Do you know that in this car I'm hiding Bibles to bring to your children across this border? Lord, when you were on this earth, you made blind eyes see. And now I pray to you, please make seeing eyes blind. That's Brother Andrew, a memory from my teenage years of God's smuggler. I, I thought, uh, remarkable man, remarkable work that he did. Um, and great smuggle God's word in. And then also this man died. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Because I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying in chalk. I really hate the trip, but I gotta lope. As they croak, I see myself in the pistol smoke, fool. I'm the kind of G the little homies wanna be like on my knees in the night, saying prayers in the street light. Love Coolio, the West Coast rapper, Gangsters Paradise, 1990s. He died on Wednesday in Los Angeles. He's 59. We don't know what he died from. Gangster's Paradise, just an amazing song. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's not much left. There's so much going on. They say I gotta learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand it, how can they reach me? I guess they can't, I guess they won't. I guess they front, that's why I know my life is at all luck for. Tell me, why are we so blind to see that the ones we hurt are you and me? Just a fabulous song. So don't arouse my anger, fool. Death ain't nothing but a heartbeat away. I'm living life through a dire. What can I say? I'm 23 now, but will I live to see 24? The way things are going, I don't know. Tell me why are we so blind to see that the ones we So, summing up this week, no, fascism hasn't returned, although there are dangers of authoritarian governments in the most surprising places. Um, there's trouble in Iran, there's financial trouble in the world, there's confusion about what is humanity, there's confusion about the planet and how we look after it, there's hope in uh, um, averting asteroid impacts, 
the chess has, has got its own scandal. People have died. And yet, where is our hope? It dries simply in this. This is in Italian. Splendor. Let's finish with Italian. We started with Italian. Let's finish with Italian. Glorioso re dei re Vestito di maestà La terra gioirà La terra gioirà C'è luce intorno al re La voce sua si udrà Il male tremerà Il male tremerà Dio grande Dio Canta che Dio grande Chris Tomlin's How Great Is Our God The splendor of a king clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice He's the name above all names He's worthy of our praise, my heart will sing, how great is our God. Folks, go to the Weefly website, www.theweefly.com to get all the links. The Ask website for um, the stuff that we're doing on Revelation and many other new things coming up on the Ask website. Lots happening. Uh, www.ask.org.au Feel free to support us on the Podbean fundraiser. Feel free to send your comments. Feel free to ask your questions. Feel free to tell us your news. But meanwhile, we leave you with this and pray that you would know the Lord's blessing and the hope that he brings in this world. Our hope comes not from politicians, not from chess players, not from religious leaders, but our hope comes from Jesus Christ, our great God. Bye.